Anyways, I, I mentioned a text to you that I don't have it here because I changed it today, now here. So I will read it for you, which is found in Malachi chapter uh, 3, 16. Is it you remember chapter 3 and verse 16? You know, that famous, famous chapter and verse from John, but it is not in John now, now it's Malachi. It says, um, Then they heard the Lord spake often one to another. The Lord hearkened and heard it, in a book of remembrance, and that is what I spoke on, on the book of remembrance. And also I mentioned the book of life. That is so, it is in reality, the book of life has the notes of remembrance in it. The book of life has the names of every single one that has ever entered into God's service. Have you entered into God's service? You have. The day you accepted Him as your God and you were baptized, you entered into His service. You're not supposed to live the life that you used to have before, that from now on, now you will proclaim the praises of Him. You will, your life, your life, your character, everything that you are, will go on to proclaim the praises of Him, to exalt Him to everyone where you are, where you go. So that is to enter the service of God. And the life... The, the book of life records the names of every single one that has ever entered into the service of God. Since Adam and Eve to the very end. And against the name or just in front of the name are the remembrances. And are the notes about the good deeds, the good things that you did. Okay? Evil things are not recorded there. Sinful things are not recorded there. The good things, good thoughts, all the blessings that you have been to others are recorded there in front of your name. You are in the book of life. But the moment you sin and you abandon God, your book is taken from the book of life. And if it is book of life, Guess what is the other book? Book of Death. The Bible does not refer to it directly as the book of death. But it refers, interesting, it refers to it as the book of uh, you, w wicked deeds and sins. Well, sins and wicked deeds, they're death, Right? If you sin, thou shalt die. However, Sister White does refer to it as the book of death. And that's what we were going to see in the future. In essence, the book of life with the remembrances. Book of death with also the records of your wicked, of not yours, people's wickedness out there. But what I would like to ponder today on that is very, very, very important is what I... I spoke on uh, in another place, other, another, other place, and I want to highlight one particular thing. The, those who feared God, 
Those who feared God. And by the way, the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 16, it speaks of uh, God's people getting together and they are talking about the good things of God and blessing God and blessing one another. God heard it and he was so happy. He called for an angel and says, write these things down because I want uh, to remember them in verse 17 when I come to collect my, my jewels. So your are recorded there. And it says that because they feared God and repeating in verse 16 they feared God now you may wonder what is to fear God and then there is that dilemma between the word fear being afraid and fear having respect and so on the word uh, in Hebrew is the same word is the same is a word ira ira to fear be afraid and ira to fear Respect and have um, great respect and awe for God is the same. The idea began actually only as to have awe for God and great respect for God. And with time, that took a connotation of being afraid. And here in English, we use a translation to fear. And in English, we also brought the two meanings. To respect. Respect God, to be in awe of God, and to be afraid. But they should have been in English at least two different words. Because when they translated into English, into uh, Greek, you know, the Hebrew Bible, in the days of Jesus, had been translated into Greek. And that is called the Septuagint, translated into Greek. And in the word to fear, be afraid, in Greek, is the word phobos, in Greek. Phobos, phobia, okay, we, phobia, well, phobia, phobos, to be like kind of a, has an aversion and be a, like, uh, hydrophobia, hydrophobia is to be scared of water. So they did translate the portion that was to be afraid as their way, but in English, and then in English we have that word, it should, we should have translated the Bible that way, but it didn't. Anyway, some other translations, they do make the difference. But the word to fear, what we will be doing here is to look at the word fear as to be in awe of God. So keep in mind, in awe of God. Great respect, great honor for His name. So much so that, uh, you know, we, mentions his, we mention His name so often. And in, a, in, in, in careless conversations. And some even in jokes. Now let's pick up here on Revelation chapter 14 verse 6 and 7. And I, John, uh, saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, unto every nation, kindred, uh, a, a tribe, tongue, and people. And that angel was saying with a loud voice in verse 7, uh, Fear God and give glory to Him for the hour of His judgment has come and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the spring of water. Now, springs of water. Now, let me just say this. Um, this word fear God here is to have uh, great respect for Him. Great be in awe of him for the hour of his judgment, referring to the investigative judgment. This is in the heart of the three angels' message. Okay. Have great 
respect and honor for him and, and be in awe of him because the investigative, the word to investigate, investigative judgment has begun. Now, one interesting thing about the investigative judgment having begun is indicates that uh, somehow we living beings have not our names investigated yet. But you may even think, well, it has begun with some other people. Maybe we'll be passing by my name. And then you go like, well, what if I am the first one? And so on. And, but, you know, uh, we understand as good Adventists that uh, the investigative uh, case of, uh, that is talking about here as having begun is dealing with the dead. It begins with the dead ones. Those and, and this investigative judgment here is dealing with everyone that, uh, that, uh, that lived, okay? Those who uh, follow God and, and they died and uh, investigative judgment it begins with the, the, the dead ones. And then at certain point in the future it passes on to the living. However, if you die, then that's it. It's to future is, you don't have a, a future opportunity. So it is important for us to live in this sense of, of fear, awe of God at every single hour. And Ellen White says, every single minute which will be presented in the next message, but I need to, exp to expand on the word fear. Fear God and give glory to Him. See, the calling to fear God and give glory to Him, uh, when it says, who made the heaven, the earth, and the fountains of water, let me just share this with you. What do you remember when it says, who made the heaven and the earth, and the fountains of waters? Creation. Creation. But where there in creation mentions the fountain of water? It says the sea, the heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in it. The sea is not the fountains of waters. The sea is the sea. Anyways, but heaven and earth encompasses everything including the sea. That is a reference to creation. Fountains of water, springs of water, is mentioned for the first time when the flood happened and the springs of water broke out. So it's telling you, God who created the heaven and the earth, and it is pointing using a language of judgment that once upon a time in the past, the world was judged. In the great majority, how many, how many percent? Whatever 10% is the whole world minus 8. Perished. What does it mean to fear God, really? To live a life in awe of Him. The word yara, oh, not ya, but yira is an inducement 
to obedience and service. Okay? Uh, and to fear God and, 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 and to do His will. That is the awe of God is an inducement of, a, of, a, of obedience to Him, of service to Him. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and what? Knowledge of, uh, and, and, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In Hebrew writing, when they have this grammatical, grammatical way of uh, writing, they write things such as repetition twice or three times of a word or of a thought. To make sure that you understand what the writer is saying. So he says it once and then he says it differently in different words. The same thing. And like three times repetition for example is for a sure. Like holy, holy, holy. When in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 it says that. And one talking about the cherubs, cherubim in heaven. And one talk to one another, to the other saying um, holy, holy, holy. And the earth was Filled with his glory. Holy, holy, holy. God is holy. Okay. And, and also he uses um, the, the dual statement of a thought. For example, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you do not, underst if you do not understand it. Here's another way of saying it. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you get knowledge about God and that will be the beginning, the beginning of the understanding of God, who, of, of who God is. You will need an eternity to understand it, but you can get the beginning of, uh, an, of understanding who God is. The Holy Scripture says that to fear God is to have an attitude of profound respect or reverence and worship to Him simply because of what? Because who He is. He does not owe you any explanation. Oh, because He made a heaven. Oh, because this and that. Even though He gives you those explanations, that's why God argues, didn't I save you? Didn't I create? Oh, Job, where were you when the stars were formed? He is just using a language for us to understand it. It is like you as a father, when you tell your child, don't do this, and he goes, why? You know, children, the number one question that they have is, why? Why? And what do the father usually or the mother say? Because I said so. I said so. Don't just obey it. Be quiet. Because you get upset and you don't want to give an explanation. And, uh, but, uh, but if you kind of uh, want to help the child a little bit more, maybe the child is not just asking a mere question, mere curiosity type of a question, but the child is really learning. When you know that that issue is a complex issue to the child and the child asks why, then you go and you explain it, right? So God is dealing with us in that way.
Didn't I save you? I'm the Savior. I'm the Creator. And so on. But in reality, He does not owe us anything. Some people say, oh, I'm vegan, vegetarian. Some, some, dealing with those who think that God owes them something. I heard a story of a, a man, an old faithful. I don't know if he was a deacon or an elder, but I was a member in the church. Like some of you here, but only that part. Not the part that I will say now. You're not that way. But he was preaching, I'm a vegan, I'm vegetarian. If you eat meat, you're going to go to hell. Those things that are not right, they're not true. We, we can, we can, you know, it's not a matter of a, anyways. So this brother mentioned to a church when he was preaching about how good he was about his health and vegetarian and so on. And then someone said, you know what, uh, Jesus, he ate fish and that is a meat. And he went, yes, he did, but he shouldn't have it. Like, God owes you something that you even know now more than Him. And you, you have to have, you have to speak above Him. And you have to go beyond what He tells you. But no, just because of who He is. He, he is period. Look, look at this in Psalm. Psalm chapter 33, verse 6 and through 9. Well, that came wrong. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. In verse 7, he gathers, the, he gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. You know, you know what I said? Let the earth fear the Lord. If you do not understand it, he has a dual repetition. Let all the inhabitants, okay, all the inhabitants of the world is the whole earth, right? And to fear the Lord is to stand in awe before him, right? So it's saying the same thing. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and he stood, he stood fast. See, repeating, it says the same thing. And then you say that, uh, so God to fear God is to recognize that He is the, 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 who He is. He's the creator. He's the creator of everything that there is. The fear, to fear God is to be constantly conscientious that there is no one like Him. There is no one, no one, no one period like Him. Like Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 6 through 7. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord... You are great, and your name is great in might. And in verse 7, Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? You know, the word like king of the nations there is the same as uh, Ha-Olam, sovereign of, of the nations of the whole universe. For this is your rightful due. You know, it's, it's God's rightful due. You fear him, period. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. And Sister White, in, early, in, in uh, Prophets and Kings 48, puts it this way. To fear God. True reverence for God 
is inspired by a sense of his infinite greatness and the realization of his presence. Let me ask you, where is God? Again, where is God? Again, you made second mistake. <laughs> where is God? Yeah, you can say God is everywhere. It's so impersonal. He is everywhere. He is in heaven. But if I am asking you, God is present here with us. Is present here with us. I have made the point that uh, if I don't pray with you and I begin a message sermon, I will stop in the middle of it and pray. Forgot today. Yes. You pray for yourself, for the message, for the word of God and for me, and I will do the same. Amen. Amen. Let the name of God be glorified. True reverence for God is inspired by the sense of His infinite greatness and a realization of what? His presence. God is with you wherever you go. He hears the words you speak. He sees the things you do, the places you go to, the food you eat. What is to revere His holy name? Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 58. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Okay? So, to observe, to, to carefully observe all the words of the law, to keep the commandments of God, will be the, the way it is determined if you fear. God, or if you do not fear God. When people do not fear God, for example, yes, yes, when you keep God's commandments, all of them, the Ten Commandments, it will determine if you, that, that you fear Him. For example, in, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 17, uh, Pharaoh tells these midwives, Listen, when you have uh, baby boys born, you kill them. Let just the baby girls. Because of the notion of, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that uh, uh, Pharaoh feared that a leader would rise up from the Hebrews that had been growing so big in, in Goshen. Gosher? Goshen, yes, Goshen. And so he said, well, let me start a work of uh, elimination here by killing the, uh, the boys. So, this is what the Bible says here in Exodus chapter 117. But the midwives did what? Feared God. When you fear God, you keep His commandments, right? 
and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children's life. When you fear God, you save others. You do what you can to save others. Even at the peril of, peril of your own life. The Pharaoh, he may kill me if he finds out that I am keeping all these baby boys alive. Now one other instance, for example, to prove the point that when you keep God's commandment, it will de determine that you truly fear him. Leviticus chapter 19, verses 14 through uh, 32. You will, you will treat uh, the less fortunate Okay, no, no. Let's go back here. Let, let, us, let us go back. It's, uh, go back with behind this. Okay, let, let me use this text here. I should have explained this one here first. But uh, when Abraham comes to the land of Canaan, and he is there um, arriving, and then all of a sudden it dawns on him that, yeah, I forgot, but my wife is a really beautiful woman. And, um, and then he says this. He says this. And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. So when there is no fear, you kill. When there is fear, you save. Only pagan Canaanites that do not keep the commandments of God, kill. But you who keep the commandments of God, like the wives, you save. You do You bless others. So, those who fear God treat, even, even in their actions, you know, the, the idea of killing versus not keeping God's commandments, killing, keeping God's command, commandments, saving. But in between also, those who fear God treat the less fortunate with respect and mercy. For example, here in uh, Leviticus chapter 19, now verses 14 and also 32. You shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shall what? Fear your God. You know, you don't make fun of them. You don't mistreat them because they are deaf or they are blind and so on. You respect them as if they could hear and if they could see. I am the Lord. You shall rise before the gray-headed. See, even when those older that deserve more respect from the younger. And honor the presence of the old man and fear your God. You respect others. You respect others. Even in, in, in these more uh, not so much involved death and life, it shows that you respect God. Another one now in Leviticus chapter 25 now. Therefore, you shall not oppress one another, <laughs> even one another, that do not, are not deaf or blind or old. You shall not oppress one another, but you shall fear your God. Don't oppress other. If you fear God, you don't oppress other. Oppress is what? Is, uh, oppress is, is to, call, to do anything bad or wrong to someone. Say, mistreat, look at him like, with the, an ugly face or something. Okay. Um, for I am the Lord your God. Take no what? Usury. usury. Okay, go back. Take no usury or what? Interest from him. Okay, when you lend money, be really careful. It's biblical. 
We may have, uh, with time, gotten used to it. You land, and then, oh, I'll lend you $100, and a month from now, you pay me 110 Biblically, that is wrong. Are you helping or making money? So you need to see if you want to bless someone. But fear God that your brother may live with you. Okay? Fear God. Fear God. To fear God is to not do anything evil, period. You just, if you don't remember all these things, just say, okay, to fear God is to um, never do anything evil. Proverbs 8.13 helps us. The fear of the Lord is what? Hate evil. And what is evil? All those things we have mentioned so far. And so on. Pride and arrogance. And Okay, remember when I said the duo? It says something and then he explains it again if you didn't get it. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Which is the same as pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth. I hate. Perverse, perverse mouth at the end there. It's interesting, uh, you know. Many times we do uh, nothing bad to anyone, really. But we kind of, uh, our tongue is kind of uh, hard to control. Proverbs even, even says that, uh, you know, you may control an animal and uh, domestic, domesticate it, but you many times do not domesticate and control the tongue. Remember the illustration of the tie? Can I, the, the, the tie? The tie? That I told? I did not tell you here. Let me tell you again for those who were not here and for those who were here but may have forgotten. This pastor preached an awesome sermon in church. He was on fire. And, and then he had this bright tie shining everywhere. He moved, going this way, and the tie shining. And, and then on the way out, he is dismissing people. Happy Sabbath, yeah, have a good afternoon, and so on. And this old lady came and, Pastor, your message was really good, but uh, um, I, here, can I cut this ugly tie? This tie is offensive. Uh, with a pair of scissors, and, and he goes, uh, Sister, I kind of uh, know you more or less. Uh, your name again? Oh, okay, okay. Can I borrow your sis pair of scissors? Uh, sure. Uh, would you stick your tongue out? Uh, I'm, I'm not saying about you here. I'm just, these are just a reminder of the, the wicked ones who do not fear God, and then we are the ones who fear God. But I need to mention the other one just for contrast. Not saying anything about anyone here. Uh, seriously, I am. Not saying anything about anyone here. To fear God is to obey His commandments. Just once more, five, Deuteronomy 5, uh, 29. Oh, that day. God is longing, is longing here. Longing for something to happen. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me. And always keep all my commandments. See, it equals to fear God, to fear Him, is to keep His commandments. It is not like fear and plus, even though it says the word and there. Okay? The word and in Hebrew, it is not like one plus the other one. 
The word uh, end in Hebrew, it is like uh, this one follows this one. In English, it's almost the same also sometimes. That it might be well with them and with their children forever. Okay, so that I may not visit the iniquity of them unto their children. Which it has more to do with epigenetics. Sermon for another day. A classic, a classic example of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of this, to fear God and so on, is Samuel's address in the coronation of King Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14, he says this about fear God and keeping his commandments. If you fear, Samuel is pronouncing a blessing over Saul. And he is saying, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice. Huh? And do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. To break God's commandment is to rebel against his commandment. Then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. I will bless your generation. Which if he had done so, his son would have been the king after him. Some point in time, God have changed this kingship and so on into being from the tribe of Judah. God has, a, has his, his plans in mind, but it didn't work that way. Guess what? Guess what Saul did? At that time, Saul feared God. Okay? But guess what Saul did? The title of next chapter is Saul's Unlawful Sacrifice. He was already uh, going in the wrong way. What does it really mean to keep God's commandments? Then, if to fear God is to keep his commandments, is to obey him. What is the meaning of uh, keeping God's commandments? What is the essence of keeping God's commandments? Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. Quickly. Teacher. Which is the great commandment in the law? These are the Pharisees trying to entrap Jesus. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That was the greatest commandment. But then he goes even beyond that. This is the first and greatest commandment that you asked me. All right? But the second is not too far from it. Because they go, huh? Is that a second one? Hmm. Because they went on to worship God and do all the things for God and mistreated others. But Jesus says, the second one, and they go, oh, is that a second one? And Jesus goes, yes, and by the way, it's not too far from it. He says, the second is like it, by the way. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other, in other words, the Torah, the Torah is the, known as the first five books of the Bible, known in, 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 uh, in Greek, in Latin, as the Pentateuch, the five laws. Five laws. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It was known as the Torah, the law. And the prophets, the prophets were the stories of God, God's people. 
all that you have learned and know so far and appreciate and value and highlight, they depend on these two. They could not say anything to Jesus because they knew he was right. So now let's go back then. To fear God is to keep his commandments. To keep his commandments is to put him first and above all and treat our neighbors as ourselves. Let's go back now to the text that we began with and we'll finish here. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto those who dwell on the earth, unto every what, nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice. This is the core of the message of the three angels' message. Fear God. Fear God is to keep his commandments. To keep his commandments is to put him first and above everything and love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's change it then. Saying with a loud voice, keep God above everything that, that, that there is and love your neighbor as yourself and give glory to him. But Okay, if you, if you didn't get it, okay? If you didn't get it so far, fear God. Fear God means what? Love God, put God above everything that there is and love your neighbor as yourself. This is to fear God. But if you didn't get it, give glory to him. What is to give glory to him? Sister White, Signs of the Time, October 17, 1892, paragraph 3. To give glory to God is to reveal his character in our own and thus make him known in and in whatever way we make known the Father or the Son, we glorify God. So it is basically the same thing. We will be imitators of God's character. 